What do you do when you don't know what to do? Let me say it again. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Now, I know some of you say, well, I wouldn't know. I've always known what to do in every situation of my life, but, but that's not the case for me, okay? And I know that sometimes when you're in this kind of atmosphere, you're at a college, not only a college, but you're at a, a Christian college, a, a Bible college, a, a college that emphasizes uh, walking with God and His Word no matter what area He's called you into in life, whether you're in, in business or counseling or, or ministry, pastoral ministry, whatever it is, that we are to uh, be guided by the Word of God. And so sometimes when you're in that kind of environment, you kind of get the impression that you always have to at least appear to know what you're doing. I mean, I mean, even if you don't, you know, kind of like Peter in the Bible, you know, if you don't know the answer, just make one up and say it anyway, all right? You know, I mean, just because you feel like, man, I've always got to have the answer in life. Well, I want to tell you something the longer you live, the more you will realize there are many things that you don't have the answer to. Uh, and in fact, uh, one of the great things about a good education is by the end of it, you learn that there's a whole lot you don't know. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. And what you will find in life is you will face many, many situations where you don't know what to do but you feel the pressure to do something. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Sometimes uh, you don't know what to do in a relationship, uh, for good or for bad. Sometimes you're, you're in a relationship with somebody and your friendship is growing closer, and maybe it's, it's a, a, a boy and girl relationship, and, and, and you're like, okay, do we, do, do we actually move from uh, this idea of being kind of friends with everybody to actually uh, an exclusive friendship, like a dating relationship? Uh, do, do we move from there to a courtship? Do we move from there to, to actual engagement? Is it time to get married? Sometimes it's those kind of relationship decisions. Sometimes it's relationships with just family members or friends. And, and maybe your relationship has been going in one direction and all of a sudden something happens in that relationship and it just shakes you to the core in your relationship and you're like, I, I just don't know what to do about this. I, I don't know how to move forward in this. Maybe, maybe you've offended a, a person and you've apologized to them. Say, man, I'm, I, I'm sorry. You've come and actually not, not just apologized, but you've actually sought their forgiveness and said, hey, I, I have messed up. Would you please forgive me? And they refuse to. And you're like, I, I just, I don't know what to do. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe somebody in a relationship has, has hurt you. Maybe they've offended you. And you're like, man, I, I never thought this would happen from this person. Uh, I know offenses come. I know it's bad. But I never thought this person would hurt me in this way. I, I, I never expected. What do I do? How do I deal with it? Maybe it's not a relationship. Maybe it's, maybe it's financially. You're at a point where you have more bills than you have cash, and you just don't know what to do. You don't know how you're going to make it. You're sitting there trying to decide, do I, do I buy groceries for the week or do I pay this bill? You're struggling with these things. 
You're like, God, I know I'm doing what you want me to do. I'm where you called me to be, but why isn't it working out financially? Maybe sometimes it's when you have put forth your best effort and you feel like you have done everything that you possibly could do, but things don't turn out the way that you wanted them to. See, it could be relationship, it could be financial, it could just be regular life issues. It can also be medical. It can be you get hit with something that you weren't expecting or someone that you love gets hit with something. It could be that you're going through a time of loss. I found in my own life that that tends to happen. It's, it's seasons of loss. It's usually not I lose a person here and there, but most of my life it seems like when, when someone is lost, all of a sudden there's many people that I'm connected to that, that leave this earth. I've just come through a time like that where I've lost several really close friends I've lost family members just in the last few months. And it seems like, I mean, sometimes loss is just over and over, overwhelming us like, man, I just don't know what to do. Listen, there are many times and many things that you're going to face in life when you know you need to do something, but you don't know what to do. So again, my question, what do you do when you don't know what to do? For those circumstances in life that cause us struggle that causes confusion that causes to come to this place of saying I just I just don't know what to do anymore I just don't know how to deal with this I I I don't know how I've got something to deal with here and here and here and here and here I'm surrounded by problems maybe it's all of the above and more at once and you're like I just don't know what to do and many times in in times like that a Christian brother or sister comes to you and says you know just rely on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It has become uh, two verses that are often quoted. And sometimes we even quote them to ourselves. And we say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your paths. Yay! Okay, my problems are still here. I still don't know what to do. And I have become convinced the part of that is because when we convey truths like that, we think about them in a trite way and we don't think about them deeply. So today I want to invite us to turn to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Because see, if you just take it as a trite answer, to not knowing what to do when you need to do something, then it won't help you very much. But if you will think deeply and learn from these two verses, it will help you face one thing after another, even many things at once. It's very simple, as you know the Proverbs are, where in most, uh, most books of the Bible, we look for a context. If it's a narrative, it might be a long context of several chapters to understand something. When we come to the book of Proverbs, many of the Proverbs are a context unto themselves. In fact, many times it's simply one verse. And, and you might have, go to a book of Proverbs or a chapter of Proverbs and read it, 
and you might find every verse in that chapter is its own context. It's just words of wisdom. It's just giving you a, a something to, to hold on to. And some of them are a little bit longer. For instance, like Proverbs chapter 31, when it talks about the virtuous woman, there are several verses that are there. It's a, it's a longer type of proverb. But when we come to, to chapter 3 in verses 5 and 6, we have two that clearly do go together. And they teach us what to do when we don't know what to do. And I, I want you to understand today, my, my prayer today as I prayed about this message this morning, and, and as I prayed about this for the last little bit before chapel, I, I always close my door at some point when I'm preaching in chapel and tell Michaela, hold any calls or anything, I'm just going to be praying for a while. And as I was praying about bringing this message to you today, my prayer became this, that today I could show you something in this to cause you to think deeply about verses you've heard maybe many times in your life. Maybe you haven't heard them many times. Maybe it was some other verse that people have used in your life in those times. But, but I want you to, to think deeply about it to the point that for the rest of your life, when you find yourself in a position where you don't know what to do, you'll be able to return and think deeply about these two verses. Because in these two verses, there are four principles that I want you to hold on to that I personally have found have helped me when I didn't know what to do. Read the verses there with me. Again, I quoted them a few moments ago, but let's look at it and read it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will or He shall direct your paths. So, I mean, just very straightforward. That We quote it and we move on. But I want us to stop and break it down and look at all four statements that he makes here. And the first thing we want to do, I'm going to try to give them to you in a way that hopefully you can remember. But the first thing you do when you don't know what to do is you rely on the Lord. You rely on the Lord. Uh, one of the songs we sang earlier, right, about when I'm in the fire, you're there with me. Right? You're right there. We need to always remind ourselves constantly that if you know Jesus as your Savior, you are never, ever, ever alone. He is right there with you. He himself has said, according to Hebrews 13, 5, He himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you're going through. Listen, if everyone else abandons you, if like David, you say, my friend, my own familiar friend has abandoned me. If like Jesus, you find that, that as that is applied to Jesus' life, that, that Judas, his own familiar friend, not only abandoned him, but betrayed him. If like Jesus, the, the person that you trusted the most, one of the inner three, the Peter who said, I will die for you. Peter who pulled out the sword to, to defend Jesus when they came to get him in the garden. And then later, within just a matter of hours, denied that he even knew him three times. And you feel like everybody has abandoned me. I want you to understand today that God's word is true and he will never, ever, ever leave you. 
He will never forsake you. So rely on the Lord. Trust in Yahweh. All capital letters in most of your English translations. The personal name of God. Trust in Yahweh. I think the personal name is used for a very specific reason. To remind you that He's a personal God who knows you and cares about you. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart. Rely on the Lord. Rely on the Lord. How many of you in the room had me for shepherd group? All right, so not everybody, but uh, most. We started doing this a few years ago, and most of our students coming in, you have to put up with me for, for being your shepherd for one semester. But you will remember, those of you that have had me for shepherd will remember this. One of the things we need to understand about God is we can trust Him. We can rely on the Lord because He knows everything. He knows everything. When you don't know what to do, He does know what you should do. In fact, God's knowledge is vast. See, God not only, not only does He see the end of each path that you take. There's a wonderful song about that. Rejoice in the Lord is the title of it. And it says, He knoweth the end of each path that I take. And that's true. But I want you to know something. God not only knows the end of every path you take, He knows what will become of what paths you choose not to take if you would have taken them. He has not only knowledge of all your actions and their end results, but all of your potential actions and their end results. One of the things years ago I learned that Dr. Williams and I had in common, and I didn't even confess to him that, that I, I had this in common for quite a while. I was too spiritual. But anyway, finally I confessed it, is, is we, we like Star Trek. And I particularly like Star Trek The Next Generation, and particularly, I like Star Trek The Next Generation in the stories that are about time travel or the space-time continuum, that kind of stuff, because I just like to blow my mind with that kind of thing. And in one of those episodes, uh, uh, Riker, number one, those of you that watched it know who I'm talking about. Those of you who didn't, says, hey, he's on nostalgia again, but here we go. Um, so Riker, all right, second in command uh, of the Enterprise, he, there's this deal where he's got all these split things of if he had done this, this happened, if he had done this, this happened. In fact, there's two or three episodes like that. But this particular one I'm thinking of, it's like he's reliving, if I'd have done this, this could happen. If I'd done this, this could happen. And then they're like the space-time continuum has been broken. And what they, what they come to decide is actually all potential actions do take place in an alternative universe. And so they have all these different Rikers who look different and have had a different life experience and everything else. Guys, that is like really fun to think about, but it's baloney, okay? But here's the thing that I want you to get about that, is God actually knows what would become of you if you did this instead of this. He knows the outcome of every decision small or large that you make. 
So therefore, we rely on Him. Shepherd group, the ant farm. Remember? We look at an ant farm and we see the ants go marching two by two. And we see right in the middle there is a gigantic rock because we're outside of that. And we're like, come on, go around, go around, go around. Don't, don't keep going. You're going, to st- you're going to get stuck. Go go this way. Go this way. Go over. Go up. Go down. And they don't listen to us. They run right into the rock. Because all they see is the dirt in front of them until they hit the rock. But we're standing outside, and we see it all. Listen, God is in the eternal now. He sees everything right now. And so we need to trust Him to guide us in our daily life. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You rely on the Lord. But number two, you reject your own understanding. This is where it gets tough. Notice what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and then and lean not on your own understanding. So, don't just trust the Lord, but in order to truly trust the Lord, you have to actually reject your own understanding. Now, what is the thing that I hear the most when somebody is in a moment of not knowing what to do? I just don't understand. Have you ever felt that way? Boy, I have. There's been a lot of times in my life. I say, Lord, I just don't understand. I mean, come on. We had this deal, right? I was going to do this and this and this. And I mean, I, I had a view of what was going to happen, and whoo, it wasn't this. I just don't understand. And you know what I tell myself when, I, when those words? I mean, it's become so second nature to me that I, I, have, I have lived this for so long in my life that when I tell myself, I just don't understand. I said, well, of course you don't, you dummy. (laughs) You're you're inside the ant farm. You don't see it all. You have to reject your own understanding. See, the problem is most of the time, even as Christians, we say, Lord, if you just help me to understand, I'll be okay. God, if you just help me to understand, I'll, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. Lord, you want me to do this? I don't understand that. Mm-mm. No, that I mean that. I mean, this is not the time. It was interesting. One of my heroes that you've heard me talk about before, Hudson Taylor. He was the people around him was amazed that every time it seemed like they couldn't take another step, he would start on a, on a new adventure. It would be like we can't even take care of what we got, and you're starting something new. What? It didn't make sense. But you know what? Here's the thing. If you read his personal writings, many times it didn't make sense to him either. But he knew that's what God was leading him to do. And sometimes you know what God is leading you to do. But man, it sure looks brighter over here. This looks like a better choice. But Lord, I know you're telling me this is what I need to do. I just don't understand. Help me understand, then I'll do what you want. No, listen, we've got to learn to reject our own understanding. We've got to learn to set our understanding aside. The summer of 1984 was a very difficult summer in my life. 
It actually was a summer that capsulated three years of difficulty. Uh, my dad had spent two years not working more than a matter of two weeks in two years because the industry he was in, the steel industry, was tanking in our country. He was forced to take an early retirement at 60 years old. I was still at home. He didn't know what he was going to do, didn't know how he was going to pay the bills, how we were going to eat or anything else. So he took all of the money he got and, and we put it into a farming venture and we farmed and man, it got off to a great start and we had a great crop. And then all of a sudden, the rain stopped and the heat came and it scorched and in a matter of three weeks, our crop was ruined. And we had spent all the money we had to buy enough food for the summer, put it in the freezer and put everything else into equipment and seed, and we had nothing. Dad then, as he was coming out of that to try to recover, had health issues that put him in the hospital for the rest of the fall. He finally came home at the end of January the following year in 1984 and was home about two weeks and my mother started having health problems. I had long since started working to pay for my own education at a Christian school and to do what I could to help the family. That started when I was 13 or 14. But now we think mom is getting better. And all of a sudden, unexpectedly, in June, she dies. I didn't understand anything. There was all kinds of things I didn't understand. And I, I began to, to have people ask, try to help me and, and ask me questions. Hey, would you do this? Cindy's dad called me up and says, hey, I lost my mom when I was young. I know how hard that is. Won't you come work for me for the summer and spend the summer with me? I wanted to. But I also knew my dad was devastated and he needed somebody to take care of him. So I, I, I end up saying no. I got a job for the summer. The summer was nearing an end. And a pastor in our area, I, I, was, I was working five days a week, Monday through Friday, long, hard days as a, in, in ground maintenance at a, at a trailer park. By the way, in Colorado, trailer parks are really nice. I mean, this was top-of-the-line stuff. But, but I was preaching on Sundays. So Saturdays I would prep sermons and Sunday I preach in different churches and a local pastor came to me and he said Mark I want you to come on board at our church as my associate pastor I want you to to lead our youth group and preach when I'm gone preach other special events I want want you to begin to get that experience and I want to encourage you and help you with all that you're facing now we'll pay you a salary so you don't have to work another job and everything. I know you're about to start back to, to school, but we'll work around your schedule and everything else. And I just want to help you out, and the church wants to help you out in that way. And, we, we, and at the same time, it'll help us. And so we, we want you to come on. And so, so all of a sudden, I was faced with a crisis decision. Do I say yes and do this? Now, guys, from all outward appearance, that was the answer. That was the answer to me financially. That was the answer to me to, to being on church staff. I, I mean, how, how many people do you know that's 16 years old that actually are on staff as associate pastor? I mean, this was, this was a, a, an amazing opportunity. 
And I didn't know what to do. And I, I, kept, I kept saying, Lord, I, I, I don't know what to do. And, and I began to ask people. And they, I mean, first, first pastor I asked, he said, well, Mark, I want you to go home. I want you to get in a room. I want you to get a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle and put, put positives and negatives, one on each side, and just write them down. The positives for going and, and, and the, the negatives for going. And then at the end, you look at it and you'll, you'll understand what you're supposed to do. And so I went home and I, I wrote it all out. And I looked at it and I said, for every positive, I can think of a negative. For every negative, I can think of a positive. I've got a page full of words and I still don't know what to do. I just don't understand. So I made an appointment with one of the people I respect the most who later married Cindy and I a couple years later. But my pastor, his name is Roy Spanigal, and we, I, I sat down with him, made an appointment with him. And one night after church, uh, I was preaching only Sunday morning that Sunday, so I was there for our night service. And after service, we had set it up for, for us to sit down. So we were sitting in sanctuary. Everybody left. And I, I said, Brother Roy, i got to talk to you. I just don't know what to do. You, you probably have heard about this opportunity. And, and I laid it out for him. And, and I'm just telling him, you know, and he said, what do you think? And, and so I said, well, I talked to so-and-so, and he, he suggested this. And I pulled it out of my Bible. And I turned around and showed it to him. I said, I got a list of all this stuff. And, and, and I'm just going on and on and on and on and on. And I noticed that, that he had pulled out his notepad, and he's, he's, he's writing something. I'm like, man, it's like going to a psychiatrist. The guy's taking notes on me here, you know. And so I, so I just, every now and then, trying to look, and he's got it tilted up where I couldn't see. And, and I just keep telling him and everything. And I don't know, after about 15 minutes or so, I said, so see, I just don't know what to do. I don't understand. And he said, I, I noticed you kept trying to look at my notes. And I said, yeah. Well, what are you writing down there? And he said, well, you really want to know? And I said, yeah. And so he turned it around, and it was a picture of Mickey Mouse. He had been drawing. And I looked at him, and I said, Roy, <laughs> did you hear anything I said? And he says, you think it's kind of dumb that I, that I drew Mickey Mouse, don't you? He said, you, you probably feel like I'm not paying any attention to you. And I said, well, I wasn't until then. I thought you were taking intense notes. But now that I see the picture, yeah, I kind of feel like you just like ignored me. And he said, no, Mark, I've heard everything you said. And he recapped just enough so I knew he really had paid attention. And he said, Mark, the reason I did this is because everything you've written on that paper and everything that I could possibly tell you is no better than Mickey Mouse. You don't need my understanding and my wisdom. You don't need, and he started listing out the people I had been seeking. He said, you don't even need your own. You need God's. You've got to learn to reject human ways of answering those tough questions. You've got to learn to reject your own understanding to truly rely on God. So he tells us, teaches us in these verses to rely on the Lord, but to reject our own understanding and then to request His guidance. Notice in verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge Him. Literally, He's saying in your paths, in the, in the ways that you are going, know Him. It's that Hebrew word, yada, those studying it. It's that intimate knowledge. And ultimately what He's saying is know God in all your ways. Know Him. 
not just His direction, Him. The more you know God, and the more you press into God, trusting Him, saying, God, I don't know what to do. I don't understand, but I'm not going to make that be a requirement here. I just want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you better. I I try to train myself that anytime I don't understand, anytime somebody offends me, anytime somebody does something that, that really upsets me, anytime that I'm faced with the decision where I don't know what to do, I try have tried to train myself to say, God, what do you want me to learn about you and about me in this? I want to know you more. I I don't want to figure this out. I, I don't need to know and understand all the possibilities. What I need is I need to know you. And as I know you, there's a promise that he gives. You see, in that moment, we want to know everything else. We want to know everyone else's advice. We want to make our list of of positives and negatives. Well, if I go this way, this is good. If I go this way, this is bad. But every time I've ever tried that, it just never never has worked for me. They either come out equal or, or, or it comes out really lopsided, but I'm like, but that's the one I know I need to do. Don't figure it out. No, God. When you don't know what to do, press into God. Get in His Word. Spend time alone with Him. You say, well, with all that's going on, I don't even feel like it. I I know. But when you don't feel like it, that's when you need it the most. Just get alone with Him in His Word and, and read His Word. Man, I've read through half the New Testament one time just just because I I was just like, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to read God's Word. I'm going to know God. God, what do you want in me? I'm not leaving here until I do this. Until I feel like I know you better. Press in to Him. Everything else is Mickey Mouse. Just, it doesn't matter. So as you know Him... By pressing into Him, you are literally saying, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. I want to know you. I need your help. I need your help. Because listen, if we can learn to see things the way He sees them, everything changes. Everything changes. Finally, I told you four things. Finally, rest in His direction. Rely on the Lord. Reject your own understanding. Request His guidance. And rest in His direction. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And maybe He'll direct your paths. (laughs) No, that's the way we treat it. But that's not what it says. 
if we are seeking in every path we take to know God in that situation, He will direct our paths. There's no question. There's no doubt. God, sometimes, I think we think God is playing games with us sometimes. But guys, God's not playing games with you. This is not cat and mouse. God wants nothing better for you than the best. He wants you to know Him, and He wants you, yes, to know where to go, what step to take. But that starts by knowing Him and requesting, Lord, I don't want my will. I don't want anybody else's will. God, I I don't need to understand. I just need to know you in my paths. And when that is our focus, he, not maybe, not possibly, not sometimes, but he will direct your paths. And and ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you there have been times where as as I've walked through this, as I've grounded myself back, to resting in there, relying on the Lord, rejecting my own understanding, and, and requesting His help, seeking to know Him in that. There have been times where I, I knew without question God is directing every step I'm taking right now. And there are other times where it just didn't feel like it. But you don't live by your feelings. Because if you do, you'll never get anywhere. Because sometimes I feel like going to Taco Bell and sometimes I feel like going to Pizza Hut. And maybe, maybe I need to go to my prayer closet. See, I, I, I don't need to live by my feelings. But rather, what I need to do is ground myself back. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm rejecting my understanding. I am seeking to know you in every step I take. So I know you're guiding my steps. And sometimes I've taken 50 steps before I can look back and say, oh yeah, he was guiding every one of those. And there have been times that years later, I look back and say, God, that's why you took me there. For this. See, I didn't know it at the time. I just knew that's what he wanted but looking back, I can see he directed my steps. See, you can rest in that. You, you don't have to fret over it. You don't have to worry, oh, no, what if I make the wrong decision? Listen, if you're not doing these first three, yeah, you better be worried about making the wrong decision. But if you recognize, man, he sees everything, even the, even the potential of the steps that I, that I choose not to take, So you're relying on Him, you're rejecting your own understanding, you're you're seeking to know Him, you're requesting His help. God, show me you in all my ways. Help me to think your thoughts after you. If you're doing that, you can rest assured that He is guiding your steps. There's no question about it. You may not feel like it, It may not look like it. It might even get worse before it gets better. But you can know without any question that he's guiding your steps. I uh, have told a few of you recently 
that the last six months has probably been the toughest of my life in numerous ways. Ways that all of you know. Ways, more ways that some of you know. And ways that none of you know. It has been rough. There have been numerous times when I ask myself, what do I do when I don't know what to do? Uh, One of those was sitting in a hotel room in Nevada. And my wife, being on a ventilator, and they told us there's only a 50% chance she'll make it. And who knows what her life will be after that. It was all I had. I wanted to be here, but I couldn't lie. I could. I I could lie to the airlines, check off that, no, I haven't been exposed to COVID, so I can get home, but that's not right. Am I going to see her? By the time I get home, is she going to be in heaven? Was the last time that I saw her as we walked out to go to the airport, was that, was that it? Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But when I don't know what to do, what do you do? You don't quote these two verses as a trite answer and move on. That will do you no good. But if you think deeply about them, you'll find that God will carry you through. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Are you facing a situation where you don't know what to do today? Maybe it's major, like me sitting in Nevada. Maybe it's seemingly minor, but yet in comparison, if you looked at it, but yet somehow it's immobilizing you. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's your ministry practicum or or something you're dealing with in your ministry practicum. Maybe it's direction for your future. But you just don't know what to do. I want you to know today that there are four things you can do when you don't know what else to do. In fact, they're the four things you should be doing all the time. Rely on the Lord. Reject your own understanding. That's so hard, isn't it? Just want to understand. Just right now, would you say, Lord, help me to rely on you and reject my own understanding? Seek him. Request his help. Just ask him right now, Lord, in my ways, in this thing, whatever it is, and Lord, in in all of my ways, I want to know you. Show me your will.
Show me your wisdom. Help me to know you better in the midst of this. And then rest. Just rest. Just take a deep breath and rest. You don't have to figure it out. When you're doing those first three, He will direct your paths. Rest in His guidance. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the way it teaches us and instructs us. Now, Father, help us to be doers of Your Word, not just those who've heard it. In Jesus' name, amen.